the choice of models that we use is absolutely critical to the doing of mathematics. Um, and that's because all models are not equal. For a model to be powerful, it needs to have the potential to become, over time, a powerful tool for thinking. We don't want adults carrying Unifix cubes in their pocket when they're in their 20s trying to do a computation problem. So Unifix cubes may be helpful, but if we keep providing the Unifix cubes, they never skip count. They never um, move to repeated addition or regrouping of groups. They just keep counting. So it's absolutely critical that we begin to introduce certain models at certain points in development as tools. The mathematics is not in the model to be seen. The mathematics is in a child's mind. You can't just hold up a visual picture and ex expect that children see the mathematics in that model. They're looking at it. We hold up base 10 blocks. They're seeing sticks and flats. They're not seeing the place value that we are seeing as adults. And we have to remember that mathematizing means modeling the world mathematically. So we need to be giving young children a chance. And this goes back to the idea of treating that young child as a budding mathematician, a developing mathematician. We need to be giving them opportunities to determine which model they think would be important to use for a problem. But of course, as teachers, that means we have to have used context to generate the models that we know. In other words, we have to craft the context to generate the models that we know are the powerful models that children will be able to use as tools to think with. If you compare models, many models have no potential for anything beyond helping kids get answers to some limited problems. Here's an example of some of the insufficient models that we've used in the schools for ages that many of us as adults, um, when we were in, in classrooms as children, were used all the time. Unifix cubes I mentioned already are going to keep children at the level of counting all. The hundreds chart is something that most teachers have hanging up in their room. Watch a child add eight. All right, they learn very quickly that with the hundreds chart, they can go down a row and go back two. In other words, if they go down a row, they've added 10. And if they go back two, that effectively was the same thing as now adding eight. Take the hundreds chart away. Ask them to add eight. It doesn't transfer. They don't add 10, take two away. That's a manipulation that they've learned of a way to move around that hundreds chart and read the answer off. That's not learning to operate mathematically. Base 10 blocks are the same. They can use the base 10 blocks to model a multiplication problem and the algorithm, the partial products are in the base in, in that array. But it doesn't mean that children are really learning to operate to actually produce those two digit by two digit would be four partial products with the algorithm. Instead, they're just manipulating the blocks, they're building the array, and they're reading the answer off the result of their actions. We've also used the pan balance in the early grades to work towards equivalence. Children don't even understand conservation of weight until around the age of seven or eight. And here we are with kindergartners placing things on a balance pan. What they're doing is they're reading the answer off the result of their actions. They're not having to think. Research shows that increasing reliance on linear representations of numbers, distance, and thinking about number not just as quantity but as space is absolutely critical. It plays a central role in the development of numerical knowledge. For example, if you imagine a line and I tell you that over here zero 
and over there is 100. And I ask you, where would you place 74? You'd probably most likely say, well, I'd find the halfway point first. I know that's 50. And then between 50 and 100, the halfway point 75. So 74 is just before it. Now, what you just did with that strategy is show you have a good sense of magnitude and proportionality of number. You knew that 50 was half the way. You knew that halfway between 50 and 100 was 3 quarters of the way, and that was 75, et cetera. And you knew 74 was one more before that landmark. This is number relations. This is not just thinking about each number as a quantity. You're actually here having to relate the numbers to each other and think about, if I just passed a landmark, how, and I'm at 74, how, what landmark was it, and how far away am I from it? And if I'm at 74, how far away from the next landmark am I? And if I think of landmarks as decades, which one did I just pass and how many more before I get to the next one? You don't lose sight of the, what the number is. Now the research shows that the farther out you can go on a number line, keeping the numbers proportionally related, like we just did here with 0 to 100, the higher your math achievement. Researchers have done work with kids all the way up through grades five and six, and the farther out you can go, for example, if I ask you, if I say, here's a million, and there's a trillion, where does a billion go? With most adults, we have to stop and think for a minute, right? And we, it, really understanding the number system and the relations between numbers, being able to place these numbers physically in a location that shows the proportionality is critical in the sense of developing number sense and numeracy. Research also shows that a well-developed linear number line model helps in magnitude comparison. It helps in figuring out answers to unfamiliar problems because your estimation helps. Um, overall math achievement test scores are, as I mentioned, directly correlated to this. So imagine with me, um, here's a problem, 38 plus 19, all right? Let's stack it the way we learned, right? Let's write the 19 under the 38. And the first step in the algorithm now is 8 plus 9, right? That's 17. To do that first step, you had to sacrifice a sense of the number as a whole because you, your first step demanded you to treat the units first. And if you're at 17, you, have no, you now have no sense of where you are going to land. But if instead you think of it as 38 and you keep it whole, and you just decompose the 19, or maybe you can think about the 19 as 20, minus 1. You just take a jump at 20, you know exactly where you are, you've not lost sense of the numbers at all. So this sense of magnitude and numbers in terms of number relations stays intact. Many children will often say, let me get myself to the benchmark first. What's near 38? Oh, two. If I use two more, I'm at 40, and that's the, a nearby benchmark. Right now I only need 10 more and then seven more and I'm done. These are also powerful mental arithmetic strategies. You don't have to write anything down. Children at very young ages can actually even keep these numbers in their head as they're doing this. Modeling appropriately to a mathematician means choosing a model and using it as a tool to model relationships, to sharpen the questions, 
to use the tool as a powerful tool to think with. It's not just about solving a problem and then drawing a picture of your solution.